0: So it talks about, uh, we read about the appointment of a king, that the Jewish people appoint a king, uh, and it puts limitations on the kingship, on what the king um, is allowed to acquire, and it lists three things. It lists horses, it lists wives, and it lists money. All three have limitations. By the horses, it gives a reason. The reason you cannot acquire many horses is because the horses come came at that time from Egypt. That was the source of uh, horses. And uh, in order to acquire those horses, you would have to send somebody to Egypt to acquire, to purchase the horses. Um, and uh, therefore is, uh, the Torah tells us I don't want you heading back toward Egypt that's what Hashem says I don't want you heading back and therefore the king cannot have too many horses can't have too many wives the Torah tells us lest, she stir, lest they steer his heart away from God a reason by the third one the Torah says you cannot have Language of the text is, Rak loyar beloy meoid. Only he should not have the Gold and silver you should not acquire for him a lot. <laughs> but it's missing the reason. In the first two you have a reason. Horses, Egypt. Women lead astray. Money? No reason. Doesn't give a reason. So I saw a beautiful explanation that the Teva answers the question. Ma'aid. A lot. Money is unique in that the Gemara tells us yesh what's a Masayim? right? What's Arba? If you have two one, you want two. You have two, you want four. Right? There's an un- insatiable appetite to acquire wealth. And whenever it's a meoid, meaning money, if you have a purpose for money, you need to earn a certain amount of money to live. That's what you need to live. Ma'od is over and ab- a lot. An abundance. It's, it's where it becomes an end in and of itself. I remember when I was, I, I came home from Eretz Yisrael, from uh, learning in Eretz Yisrael, was a privilege to learn Eretz Yisrael for three years, what a gift. And then I came back to the United States, I was learning in Lakewood, and at that point, right, so then I would start dating. So I had a Rebbe I was very close with. He lived live in Vivalry-Greenfield in ninth grade. So I went. I was very close with him all of my years. And I went back uh, to have a, a schmooze with him. He would schmooze with me about dating. Right? So he told me, as I remember, he told me, stay away I mean, when you're going to get suggestions and start dating, stay away from the verys. Stay away from the verys. She's very this. She's very, very rich, very beautiful, very smart, very... Uh, come, but, uh, the verys, stay away from them. He listed five. I have to remember what he said. But he said, five, stay away from the verys. Because what happens, you lose sight of the person... And you're enthralled by either the beauty, or by the money, enticed by the money, or by the whatever it is. But just, you're not having a relationship with the person. It's something about the person. It's not the person. Stay away from the verys. Tell you something funny. So uh, I had once I was speaking to somebody as I always, I had not realized. So my wife was listening. Mm-hmm. So she said, "I, I hear from the kid." She yells out. So what do you mean? I'm not beautiful. I'm not very beautiful. <laughs> so God, in His great kindness, I'm not a very sharp person, but I I'm, I know how to pray quick. So I said, God help me. So I said, Rebbe didn't say that I couldn't marry if she happens to be very beautiful. He said, but don't date her because she's very beautiful. She accepted it and Shalom Bayis remained But that's the, that's the, it becomes an end It becomes an end in and of itself right? The money, right? what's the purpose of money? The purpose of the king is to be an example to the people Of what the people should be That's the purpose, the, the ideal king of Israel is supposed to be The person that everybody looks up to The role model if the king is in, has an insatiable appetite for money, so then he's going to be a poor example, right? For the people, right? For the people, and therefore, when it becomes a very, it becomes endless. It's not going to be an ideal. It's not going to, and therefore, you have to stay away from it. We had once. I learned in Beisraga in Mansus, so in, Ma, in Beishraga, the Reichman family, uh, the, their boys went to high school in in, Beishraga, in Mansi, Not during my time; they were there before my time. But one of the guys who had learned in the yeshiva for a long time, so he was there when the Reichman, when the the Reichmans were there. And one time, Paul Reichman, the head of this entire this beautiful family, uh, came to the yeshiva. So boys, uh, you know, they wanted to talk to him. So, somebody thought of a brilliant question to ask him. A great question. He told him, he, he asked Paul Reichman, um, he said, at that time the family was worth billions, right? One of the wealthiest families in the Jewish world, in the world, in the Jewish world. And he asked him, the Gemara says, Mishir Yashalayimon Evatzim Messiah. The person has 100, wants 200. He said, he asked him, does this apply to you? <laughs> so a person has billions, you can't spend it in 10 lifetimes. They go, does the Gemara mean only when you have, you know, unlimited desire, but when you have billions, does it apply to you? So he told me that, that Mr. Reichman answered, he says, not only does it apply, it's much harder. He says, he asked him, he says, yeshiva boy, how much money you have in your wallet? Five bucks? And what do you have in the bank at that time? He said, Give a thousand for your bar mitzvah, you got a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars. He says, let me tell you, to make fifteen hundred additional dollars, it's not so hard. It's not so hard. You work, you'll do it. Do you know how hard it is to make billions? He says, he says, your mind gets consumed by it. He says, the rabbis meant it literally. If you don't, and he said, if you don't do things to counter it, if you don't create purpose, if you don't have an identity, you don't have a purpose, but the money, the money has no limit to what your desires could be. Right, and that's what the Torah is telling us over here. Here the king is supposed to be an example for the people. So why does it say it by the king? So the chinuch answers the question. The great sefer, the chinuch, written in, I think, the 1200s, Right, a greater book, but seems to be written a father to his son, an expo- explanation, position on all of the mitzvot of the Torah. So he explains why it says it by a king. Because the king is the paradigm of exa- example of someone who has no check to curb his appetite, or to curb his power, to curb his lust. Because there's no one that's going to tell the king that he's wrong. And therefore the king needs a second safer Torah. Everybody has to have one Torah. The king has to have a second Torah. All of our Torahs, if we write a Torah, what do you do? You put it in the ark, in the shul, in the house, I Not the king. The king's second Torah was, wherever he goes, it has to go with him. It goes to the battlefield, it goes to the Beit midrash, it goes to the courtroom, and it goes to his dining room. That's the four examples, I think, that the Chimek writes. Has to go wherever he goes, both his private life and his public life. Because Why? Because who's going to tell the king he's wrong? If he doesn't take concrete action, to to set up a checkmate system for himself, he can become he can do whatever he wants, and therefore he's going to fail both as a person and as a leader. But the message for all of us is: is be careful, stay away from the veries where you're not using God's blessing for the reason it was intended. (laughs) fosso que serve de cabeça ao